I'm Rebecca Moffitt, president of Vanguard Charitable and your host of Vanguard Charitable's podcast, The Value in Giving. Co-hosting with me today is Magda Guillen-Swanson, who manages the research and development program at Vanguard Charitable. Today, we are continuing the conversation about what's next in the pandemic and philanthropy and understanding how to strengthen our communities by using data. Listen to our first podcast of this season for the first part of this discussion, in which we explore how donors can make an impact with their giving, especially during the pandemic. Joining us for today's conversation is Hannah Kemp, Vice President for Impact and Growth at Sergo Ventures. Sergo Ventures is a nonprofit organization focused on solving health and social problems with precision. It's an organization we partner with on the Nonprofit Aid Visualizer, NAVI for short, which helps donors connect with nonprofits in need that focus on particular issue areas. Hannah, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Rebecca and Magda. It's so great to be here today. We are absolutely thrilled to have you um, and really excited to get into this discussion with you today about all of the critical work that Sergo Ventures has been doing and the impact that you've been having. So let's dive right in. Um, you know, I've had the pleasure of learning a lot about Sergo Ventures over the past um, 18 months. And I know that your mission is to use all of the tools available from behavioral science, data science, and artificial intelligence to identify solutions that improve and save people's lives. And specifically, let's dig into the data science part of that equation, because I think that that's likely an area that our listeners will be potentially less familiar with. So at Sergo Ventures, you prioritize what you call a precision approach to solving health and social problems. Can you tell us a little bit more about a precision approach and how you use data to achieve it? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question, and I'm happy to explain. So at Servo, we say we solve health and social problems with precision. And that essentially means we're focusing on using data to help us and other decision makers really answer key questions. Who, what, when, where, why? This means we use data to really understand what's happening in a specific community. Why is it happening? And how are the people impacted differently? Rather than solving problems with coarse, non-customized, one-size-fits-all approaches. We actually believe that if you're going to address any of the challenges that are happening today in the community, whether they're COVID-19 vaccine uptake, maternal health, or really any other health or social problem, we need the most precise data available to understand the solution, to better understand where it's happening, why it's happening, who's affected, how people are different, so that we can devise solutions accordingly. At Sargo, we've actually been advocating for this precision approach since our inception, but we've gotten a lot more traction lately because of COVID. So COVID has really clearly shown that this one-size-fits-all approach just doesn't work, right? It simply doesn't work, right? And we know, we've seen in the past year and a half, communities need different types of support and services to mitigate the pandemic. People need different interventions for, to persuade them to take a COVID-19 vaccine. 
I could keep going on and on, but like big picture, we have really limited resources, even with trillions of dollars, say that we spent on COVID and we can't solve for everything. Precision data can help us figure out where to focus, who to focus on and what to do so that our dollars can have maximum impact. COVID-19 is likely the biggest public health challenge in our lifetime. And in response, Sergo introduced a data tool called the COVID-19 Community Vulnerability Index, or CCVI. This tool has been held up by the CDC as a critical resource for federal, state, and local response efforts. Can you help us understand a little bit more exactly how the CCVI helps with pandemic response? Yeah. So let's rewind back to March 2020 when everything was closing and we were all hearing reports of overcrowded hospitals in uh, New York and Washington. At Sergo, we looked at COVID and we said, you know, every community in the U.S. is going to be hit by COVID, but not all in the same way, right? And that different communities were going to be more vulnerable. And so we put our heads together and developed the COVID Community Vulnerability Index as a tool to help decision makers across the board target vulnerable communities with more informed, precise responses. So the CCVI is actually inspired by a CDC tool called the Social Vulnerability Index, but it actually builds upon it to take additional factors into consideration that come that are specific to COVID-19. So things like hospital capacity or the amount of household crowding or limited transportation access, right? All things that we know influence a, a community's vulnerability to COVID. And what the CCBI does is it assigns a vulnerability score to every single census tract in America. So for those of you who are not familiar with a census tract, it's an area of around 5,000 people. It is hyper, hyper granular. And importantly, it tells you not only how vulnerable a community, meaning a census tract or a county or even a state is, uh, but it also tells you why they're vulnerable. What are their particular um, aspects about that community that make them vulnerable? So in explaining this, right, I, I earlier said every community is different and communities have been impacted by COVID in different ways. So if we take just a really specific example, Monroe, Alabama, it is a vulnerable community and that's because it has poverty and a lot of people with pre-existing conditions. This place may suffer more long-lasting economic damage from COVID-19 outbreak as a similar sized community, say in Washington, you know, we'll use San Juan County, County, where there the residents have stronger economic security and more stable employment, but that Washington County is vulnerable for another reason, which is weak, you know, health system infrastructure, which could cause a breakdown in operations due to the outbreak. So with the CCBI, you can really drill down exactly into a specific area, into a county, to see what are the factors that within the community that are causing it to be vulnerable and really plan services and support uh, and accordingly. Um, you know, in the communities that are vulnerable because of health system factors, right, we can look at increasing ICU capacity, getting more doctors, doing more community health approaches. 
other ones that are vulnerable due to, say, high density housing, you know, there we may want to think about, okay, how do we roll out at home testing to those areas, right, so that people can more easily identify if they're infected. And, you know, the CDCBI actually had a major impact on how federal agencies, state governments, private philanthropists have responded. I mean, I can talk all day about different examples, but maybe I'll just give you a few. So one is that the CDC actually prioritized two and a half billion dollars in funding towards vulnerable communities. Um, a private sector organization, actually the Southern Bank Corps, used the CCBI to prioritize $100 million of loans and grants to communities most uh, in need. There were millions of dollars worth of PPE that were moved to under-resourced communities. And of course, which I know we're going to talk about uh, soon, which is our partnership with NAVI, which has helped direct millions of charitable giving directly to vulnerable communities. I am in awe about the breadth of impact that the CCBI wow. has had. And I know we're going to talk about NAVI in just a moment. Um, and I'm just so close to the impact that the CCBI has had there. But Hannah, I was not aware of all of those decisions that have been made um, based on the CCBI. So that's really incredible. We've been really happy that it's been able to be so useful for policymakers, right? When you build a tool in the pandemic, um, you don't know how it's going to be, how it's going to be taken or how it's going to be used. And, you know, again and again, and talking with partners at the CDC, at state governments, et cetera, you know, we've heard over and over that it's something that they use to make decisions. Because the components of the pandemic cannot be solved in a one size fits all manner. Absolutely. I would say one thing that maybe to to add though is that is a kind of around um, how the pandemic has spotlighted equity, right, and then in, and the inequities that exist in the U.S. COVID has had a really disproportionate impact on communities that are disadvantaged by race, ethnicity, comorbidity, etc. And in talking about the CCBI, it was actually one of the reasons why we built it was to identify the communities most negatively impacted by the response, but also to bring equity, right, to the COVID response. Um, and so we, I think, you know, communities are vulnerable for different reasons, but when we look kind of, when we pull out a little bit, vulnerable communities have experienced um, way worse impacts of the pandemic. So, you know, seen higher deaths, lower testing rates, lower vaccine rates, higher um, unemployment claims. I think all of that really kind of goes to the point of, okay, if we're going to mitigate these things, we need to be, and, and if we're going to mitigate, you know, inequity and act on inequity, we need better data and precision data. So Hannah, hearing you describe uh, this kind of blind spot in our understanding uh, that the precision data approach that Sergo is adopting um, really was designed to fill. It, it's interesting to hear you talk about it in those terms because we were similarly seeing a, a phenomenon that was in, happening in parallel among our donors early on in the pandemic. And, and what we heard from them was, you know, they wanted to give locally and they wanted to hit, give to the hardest hit areas uh, with their with their philanthropy. But it was really difficult to understand 
where those intersections were and, and what were the communities that were most vulnerable to the outbreak. And that became an issue that just seemed to compound with each passing day and each passing week and each passing month, because there were so many multiple interwoven effects of the pandemic. And, you know, it just sort of became more complex as, as time went by. So early on, you know, we, we did reach out to Sergo to ask if he would be willing to partner with us to leverage the data from the CCBI to help us launch the Nonprofit Aid Visualizer Tool, or NAVI for short. Um, you know, for any listeners that may not be familiar with NAVI, it's a free interactive web-based mapping tool that's available on the Vanguard charitable website and allows donors to easily search for and identify nonprofits that are supporting communities that are hit hardest by COVID-19. Since its launch, we've seen donors use NAVI to search for nonprofits that they've not supported in the past. So knowing that, you, what advice do you have for NAVI users? And, and, you know, most of us, not behavioral or data scientists, right? We're not in the weeds with this every, every day. You know, what are the best ways to use data sets like the CCBI to make decisions about giving? Yeah, so I think NAVI combined with the CCBI is a fantastic example of how we can make precision data easy to use in charitable giving. No behavioral science or data science expertise needed. So the CCBI is a tool that tells you not only which communities are vulnerable, but also why they're vulnerable. So by combining the CCBI and NAVI, we actually have a roadmap for giving during a pandemic. So just an example, I was actually playing around on the tool uh, last night. Say you were living in Florida and you wanted to focus your giving there. There are a number of vulnerable areas in Florida. One of them is Polk County, which is actually one of the most vulnerable places in Florida and in fact in the U.S. And in Polk County, uh, vulnerability is driven by a few key factors, the healthcare system, population density, and minority status. So using NAVI, you can actually find charities that focus on, say, providing healthcare to minority populations. So I spent just a few minutes on NAVI last night, and I actually found a number of really cool community health foundations, community health organizations that are providing free or reduced services to low-income residents and actually specialize in serving minority communities. So by having this precision data, it linked up me as a, a NAVI user with a, a place where I can put my money today, right? And I know that it would be reaching vulnerable communities. I mean, I think we heard the same thing that you did, right? That so many people wanted to do something, right? And they didn't know where to start. But this combination gives people, I think, an easy solution, right? It's It makes it easy to combine really granular level of data on the issue, right, on COVID vulnerability with a solution, a local organization like working in that particular area. And I myself am not a data scientist and I was able to use the tool very, very easy. And I actually found it like very intuitive to, to use. It's great to hear, Hannah. We, we definitely designed it with the everyday donor in mind. And it's great to hear people are still finding value and, and finding new organizations to support and then bringing in this lens of, of the, um, the vulnerability index to really make decisions, right? Because any donor would love to support yeah. every single great organization out there, but that's not what most donors are in a position to do. And they have to make some trade-off decisions about which communities to support and which organizations to support. So glad, glad to hear you found it useful. Um, I'm going to go back to the equity question that I had queued up earlier, and maybe we'll just munge this with the earlier uh, response. But um, 
So the, the pandemic, uh, alongside, you know, many other tragic events that occurred, you know, overlaid that, that during that time period, it really brought to light a lot of deep social and economic and racial inequities in every community across the country. How can we think about using precision data sets like the kinds that Sergo Ventures is investing in to help philanthropists better focus on issues of equity with their giving? Yeah, I mean, I think to say, to start out, I would say it's important to focus on equitable philanthropy because simply it is the right thing to do. You know, we have an obligation to help curb racial and health, uh, ethnic health disparities, whether that's for this pandemic or in the future. At Sergo Ventures, equity is really at the forefront of our thinking. You know, when we built the CVI early on in the pandemic, we wanted it to be a tool which we can use not only to bring precision to the response, but to bring equity to the response. So I'll just give you a, a simple example to highlight that. So about a year ago, there was a lot of news in the media how we didn't have enough test sites in this country. And so we used the CCBI and we did an analysis on access to test sites in vulnerable rural communities. And when we did that, we found that Black residents were twice as likely to live in a vulnerable rural community that didn't have a test site than the general population. And, and we could identify which counties in the U.S. they were. And so with this piece of precision data, we actually were able to call attention to this inequity and get organizations, policymakers, philanthropists to act. And actually, because of this insight, for example, the Gates Foundation invested $15 million in improving access, access, excuse me, access to rural test sites in rural, predominantly Black communities. So in this particular example, right, precision data actually helped philanthropy know where to act on an, an inequity and what to do. You know, zooming out a little bit, you know, sometimes it makes me think, right, what if we had the same type of precision data for other types of inequities that our country is facing? Housing, mental health, maternal health, right? Precision data, from my point of view, actually has a big role to play in a world beyond COVID. You know, I think that philanthropists can better focus on equity, both by investing in the creation of precision data to help people to know, people, policymakers and the government, to know where and how to focus their investments to, prove, to improve equity, but also use precision data to guide what they invest in. I mean, inequities in this country right, are vast, and precision data isn't a silver bullet. But like, as you mentioned earlier, we have limited resources, right? Investors, donors have limited resources. And so precision data can tell us where we should be investing in to reduce inequities that are most needed. So, and I think, I think this partnership, you know, between Servo and Vanguard is really only the beginning of what I hope becomes a greater focus on using precision data to guide more equitable giving. So Hannah, as you know, at Vanguard Charitable, you know, Magda and I get the pleasure of working with donors who care so deeply about every cause across the entire nonprofit sector. And it's really one of the beauties of Vanguard Charitable to see so much giving go to a variety of causes. Can you help us understand a little bit 
what role you see precision data playing both now and in the future in helping donors to maximize their impact on these causes that they care the most about. Yeah. I mean, today, right, we talked about examples of how we can use precision data to alleviate the most immediate crisis at hand, which is the COVID-19 pandemic, and especially the communities who are being ravaged by the Delta variant. But I think there's also a role for using precision data in the future and in areas beyond COVID. Um, So I I think, you know, you were so right, Rebecca, there are so many areas that um, donors can be excited about and want to put their money in. I'm just going to talk about one example, which is maternal and child health in the U.S. So the U.S. has one of the highest rates of maternal mortality of any high-income country. And children born in the U.S. are actually twice as likely to die before the first birthday than a child in France or Japan. As a new mom, right, that hurts my heart. Um, and as a donor, right, I could be really passionate about helping mothers and babies in the U.S. But, right, where do I invest my resources? What should I do? Where should I focus? That's a huge area. Where would have the most impact? Um, so this is another area that Sergo is actually working on. So in partnership with the Bill and Linda Gates Foundation, we actually built the first ever tool to identify where in the country mothers are the most vulnerable and why they're vulnerable. So the tool is called the Maternal Vulnerability Index, and it brings together a broad set of individual and structural drivers of vulnerability, things from socioeconomic status, the actual physical environment, race. Um, and it actually provides the most complete hyperlocal data about what makes the U.S., uh, women in the U.S. or mothers in the U.S., the most vulnerable to poor pregnancy-related outcomes than we've ever had before. And I think, importantly, it incorporates equity. So we know that Black women, uh, Black mothers, uh, are two to four times more likely to die from a pregnancy-related cause in the U.S. So with the tool, we can identify which areas of the country have the biggest gap um, between, say, white and Black mothers. And surprisingly enough, the answer to that is Wisconsin, which I wouldn't have uh, a guess, but Black women in Wisconsin, uh, Black mothers in Wisconsin, are three times more likely to live in a vulnerable county than uh, white mothers. So kind of stepping back, right, I'm an investor who is really excited uh, about supporting maternal, uh, you know, maternal health and and child health and reducing the gap between white and black mothers. So the maternal vulnerability index actually gives me a roadmap of, okay, which counties in the U.S. are most vulnerable? Why are they most vulnerable? And what specific things should I be investing in to reduce that, that vulnerability? I think we need more tools like this maternal vulnerability index or like the CCVI to help donors to really pinpoint where their investments are most needed. I mean, those can be tools in areas that donors are passionate about, education, climate change, right? But having more precision data to help people make informed investment decisions, right, is something that I think is is we're making progress and we can do more on. And I think Surigo and Navi is a really great start towards that. Hannah, I, I feel like we've just started to scratch the surface of all the great work that's happening over at Surgo Ventures right now. But what questions uh, are you focused on answering next? 
Yeah. Um, so the maternal vulnerability index I mentioned is launching in October. We're really excited about that. We're working in a lot of different areas, but another one is um, using precision data to help America get vaccinated for COVID-19. So we did the largest ever survey, excuse me, on Americans on their attitudes, barriers, and beliefs around COVID-19 vaccination. And now we're actually working to put these insights into action. So we're using precision data and behavioral science to help healthcare workers have better conversations with people who are vaccine hesitant. We've actually launched a vaccine ambassador program, which equips regular people with behavioral science tools to help them convince their friends and family to get vaccinated. But we're also looking beyond COVID um, and how we can use precision data to illuminate some of the inequities that COVID has really laid bare. Um, another area is mental health. Um, mental health, I think there's growing recognition in the U.S. that we are not doing enough on mental health, but we need a roadmap of where to prioritize our limited resources, right? Which communities are most in need of mental health services? Where is access the most challenging? What types of services do people need? And how is that actually different for different types of people? How can we, we be more equitable in provision of services? I think this is one area where we're really exploring how precision data can help us prioritize our investments in mental health in the future. Thank you for joining us for today's value in giving episode. To see Sergo's data in action and try out Navi, please visit vanguardcharitable.org backslash map. We hope you'll join us for our next episode, where we'll dig into how to measure your charitable impact. It will be a multi-part series that discusses trends and strategies for using different giving vehicles and impact investing to support nonprofits and bring relief to communities.